from India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George, and this is the Times of India podcast. We mainly see the aspects of larger things, like, for example, your vehicle. You will automatically connect yourself to this particular law because of simple reason. Whenever this law comes in, you don't get stuck up in highway and wait for three hours for the service team to come over or maybe 24 hours. You can call any mechanic and get the thing repaired and then go back to that particular shop saying that, hey, I had a problem. I got it repaired and now look into it and see what better you can do. It's mind-boggling that uh, uh, the numbers in terms of people who can service you instead of just one uh, service center. Ashim Sanyal, who you just heard, is talking about a proposal in India to bring a law called the Right to Repair Law. Ashim Sanyal is the Chief Operating Officer of Consumer Voice, an NGO working in the field of consumer awareness and education. Before that, he worked around 25 years in multiple companies. And as you can tell, he's very much in favour of this proposed law. In today's episode, we're speaking with Ashim about how this proposal, if passed, could make your life easier, saves you money, and could even boost employment in the country. But first, about the proposal. India's Department of Consumer Affairs has set up a committee to develop a framework for the right to repair. Ashim says there's a global shift towards encouraging people to repair things instead of replacing them every time something goes wrong. Ashim started by explaining the importance of repairing when it comes to products and how buyers can end up getting a bad deal. So what matters? matters to uh, consumers is basically uh, the longevity of any products in fact and uh, very obviously this is a global phenomenon and it is uh, called product cycle extension uh, which means basically for india as well as uh, any other country that, that the life cycle of a product from cradle to grave has to be uh, such that the maximum durability of the product is enhanced now, one way out of that is uh, the manufacturers themselves are doing it in terms of uh, longevity of a product, especially white coat, electronic, and other products. Uh, and the second way out would be uh, that we ensure that the repairing of uh, the products is a right and not a liability. The certain manufacturers are not even giving the working manual or uh, basically giving details about the product as uh, patented rights, so they can't hand over that. It is applicable mostly on uh, uh, phones uh, or mobile phones, uh, but then all electronic products get covered under that. So that basically restricts the consumer to being handled by the manufacturers themselves. I would say uh, monopolizing a particular trade, uh, which jeopardizes the interests of the consumers. This is a bill which proposes to actually ensure the right of a consumer to get the products repaired and through reliable sources that he or she may be aware of and not only through the company. That's because uh, there have been numerous complaints at National Consumer Helpline, through us and other places where the company takes its own sweet time to either send the person or or basically uh, supply the parts that is required. Now, to ensure that the free availability of all the spare parts, to ensure that there is a free availability of manpower, I would say trained manpower, uh, 
this particular bill ensures that uh, this facility, which is by default a consumer facility, is restored to consumers and companies cannot have a monopoly of both the product selling and the services because both ends have a profit spectrum. The framework being proposed would cover the repair of mobile phones, tablets, consumer durables, vehicles and farming equipment. Ashim says that there's plenty of research to indicate that the products we get these days are being engineered to die sooner. So while a Nokia 3310, that brick-like mobile phone of the early 2000s lasted many people a decade, you're not pretty happy if you get five years out of your new smartphone. There's global research on uh, the longevity of a product and it differs from product to product. The handset life cycle has come down drastically. In fact, mm-hmm. and if you talk of certain brands like iPhone and all, they are bringing mm. out products every year, mm. which means uh, you can assume that the product life cycle is one year, mm. maximum extended to another one year before the spares vanish off from the market. Mm. So that's kind of a study has been done by UN and uh, UNGP and uh, the similar study is available also on Consumers International London web website. So there is uh, evidence, there is enough proof to say that the products have a shorter life cycle. Most products you buy come with a tiny booklet with instructions about using it. Ashim says that many of them also tell you very categorically that you're tied to the company's service centers for repair, especially if you want to retain the warranty or guarantee on the product. We also asked him the need for a law, especially when there are plenty of local shops that would anyway handle the repairing of devices. So this is a mandate by the brand. Mm. If you open up their service book, in fact, it is very clearly mentioned that it is only to be serviced whether it's your uh, uh, car or two-wheeler or uh, a mobile phone or any white wood material. It is mentioned very clearly that uh, you have to use and use only their spare parts, you have to use only their service centers and only their trainmen. In cities, we have somebody who can kind of repair anything and it's often in formal um, and at the same time we have service centers which we are urged to go to like you said which is run by the company what's the issue with uh, having company linked service centers instead of these informal sectors there is no issue the company linked uh, uh, service sectors can continue as mm. it is most mm. of the consumers may prefer to go to these mm. services because of their maybe dependability mm. trust whatever it may be mm. what we are trying to say is give consumers the option. The right to choose is a very important factor for consumers. If you recollect around the decade back, uh, uh, vehicle manufacturers had the similar problem in which uh, they were uh, not giving spare parts to anybody else except for the own dealers and the dealers were charging uh, sky high rocketing price for spare parts in fact. So that was uh, restricted by MRTP at that given point of time. Similarly here, the choice should be with the consumer Mm. If he chooses to go to the service centers, they mm. exist for, for uh, his products and the services, he will choose that. And if not, he prefers somebody he knows mm. who can do the job uh, mm. relatively quickly, mm. reliably, then he has that particular option. And what happens if we do get this law? What changes would we see on ground? The ground level changes is first, uh, as I said, the right to choose. Consumer has an additional option of not being penalized by the brand for going to a third party to get it repaired or, uh, I mean, 
basically getting it uh, seen by a third party who can uh, do some minor repairs. Now the brands cannot refuse the warranty or the guarantee. That's one thing that's going to happen. The second is the sprouting of the unrecognized sector, if I may call it, of uh, people who are capable of handling it, but who are without jobs, uh, I would say stable jobs with these companies. But then they have small shops all over the country where we normally end up after the warranty period or the guarantee period and get our things repaired. We all do that. This basically covers the angle that even a new product can be taken to them and there is uh, no product liability for the company refusal cannot take place because just because the third party has touched the product. Third is, this will make the serviceability of any product very easy. Uh, if you just pick up your handset, it is all sealed. You cannot even change the battery of that particular handset. So if your battery is down, you have to change the product. You have to change the brand or you have to change the, the, the handset itself. Now, if suppose a repair facility was available and somebody can possibly open it up and re replace the battery and the phone starts functioning again, obviously that's cheaper to the consumer. That's uh, basically a loss to the brand, no doubt about it, or any brand for that matter. Uh, but then it's a benefit for the consumers. And you, if you, you are staying in Delhi, I can give you the example of the firm market where uh, I have been at least not once, but thrice, mainly for mobile phones. And in a jiffy, uh, the phones were corrected. Uh, the, the, the faults were rectified by a layman who is supposedly an expert on the particular subject, in fact. And I've done that uh, with my uh, air conditioner also, in fact, within the warranty period, knowing fully well uh, the company will not touch after that because I found it to be much cheaper. So these are examples which can actually very well play in the minds of the consumer that I have a choice. That's about it. Companies claim their dedicated service outlets allow them to ensure the quality of the product is maintained. They could also argue that their service centers have trained personnel. Wouldn't such a framework end service centers altogether? Ashim doesn't think so. This law is just to ease up the operations for the consumers, in fact, and has no intention or any implication on the service provided by the company. That is a welcome thing, and, uh, and they should continue providing that because uh, instead of a monopoly, they probably will have uh, some competition in that. Because in that particular case, you have a comparison base also. You go to a service center and he says that this is going to cost you 10,000 rupees. But uh, you can always argue, sorry, I have a, a quote here from a gentleman who's supposed to do the same work for 5,000 rupees. So you can counter question them, in fact. So it's this is the fear factor that they have, not the loss of market, loss of investments, because uh, their service centers will always run full. And that's why they give you waiting time. Why do they give you waiting time? At the most, what will happen? They'll be able to give you service the same day, all the good. One major factor, like you said, is the hardware where you can change it and get a device switch. But another major factor now has also become the fact that software itself that runs on these devices ages your device faster. Like, for example, my Android phone may die out in three years, not because the device is faulty, but because the software is not supported anymore and consequently nothing works on it properly. Uh, would a right to repair help with that in any sense? I think uh, uh, it's an orange and apple comparison because very obviously any additions to uh, the existing load 
that your system can take, any system can take, will have a wear and tear effect. In fact, there's no doubt about that. We are definitely not considering that aspect as far as the right to repair is concerned. It is about the ease of serviceability of a particular product. That's a question that needs to be focused on. Whether it's an electronic product or whether, whether it's something that is supported by a software, all this can be developed outside the company. It's not a monopoly of the company that they only can develop. We have uh, examples of uh, EU countries, you have examples of Australia, you have examples of UK. They have all incorporated this because of the frustration that the consumer has on the serviceability aspect. Because in these developed countries, obviously repair is not an option at all. But in India, we are talking in terms of slightly different perspective. We are looking at it from a different perspective. That's ease of uh, serviceability. The US, UK and European Union have right to repair laws in place or plan on implementing them soon. Ashim says it's premature to evaluate the plan in India against those already in place in other countries. But he's pretty confident that India's law could benefit consumers if it's passed. The country's uh, responses were favourable. It shown a very remarkable uh, behavioural change as far as companies are concerned, as far as consumers' uh, perception is concerned. So this is something which is a welcome move. If it is a welcome move in developed nations, then I'm quite, quite sure it will be so in a developing nations where the concepts of repairs and service exist and there is a trained manpower to do the job, in fact. So I think comparison sake, you have to wait for a few more years to have a, a <clears throat> apple-to-apple comparison in terms of how the countries are fair. Different countries will have different experiences, no doubt about it. But I think overall, the experience will be good. And then there's the hidden benefit of this proposed law. It could boost employment in the informal repair sector. One estimate says that the electronic repair industry could be worth over $25 billion if India gets its policies right. Ashim says that a right to repair law would make your local repair shop much better and would improve the lives of those already working there. Now, it's important for us to understand that the right of repair is also linked to job creation. It is a recognition of a service sector that exists, but is unrecognized, underpaid, undervalued, and doesn't get any benefit. Once this particular sector is revived as a recognized sector, it is definitely going to get a lot of benefits. You're going to see entrepreneurs in terms of shopkeepers and uh, workshop owners, in fact, very soon uh, across the country. Everything is right now in the four walls of uh, boundary walls of, of a company. That's going to expand to smaller shops and uh, bakalas all, all over the country, in fact, and uh, who are going to be uh, gradually trained in uh, the new aspects. Uh, I mean, just to give you an example, in fact, uh, we see that you know, when you take a newer phone, variant of Android phone or iPhone to any other any shop, in fact, the guy knows about it. Then he knows exactly what spare parts are required, how long it will take to repair, whether it can be repaired or not. So this knowledge base which exists in India, that is something, again, which is going to be very, very important for us to ensure that it grows 
because of simple reason this is a job creation opportunity. This is an additional feature of uh, creating uh, the right to repair. Does it also mean that people who are already engaged in this will have a shot at better revenues because they are more accessible to consumers? One is basically to uh, clear up the deck for competition. That's the first aspect, most important aspect. Number two is basically people who are doing this particular job right now are not getting the spare parts regularly. They're not able to do it uh, over a counter in terms of uh, their uh, ability to um, uh, face the company's wrath uh, in terms of you know filing cases against them. So there's a legal aspect. The third aspect is uh, that more number of people coming to them would mean that uh, generations after them can continue with the same business uh, of uh, uh, repairs, repairs and uh, uh, related jobs relating to serviceability of any product. And these are specialized products. Again, technology is, uh, is not in favor of these small business as only, but uh, with uh, technology being available to them, made to, available to them, they're surely going to see greener days, brighter days. Right now, they're operating with constraints under the shade of a tree with a legal liability hanging over their heads with, I would say, inadequate facilities in their hands, but they're still able to manage. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.